change course of things tonight and uh, no podium, no no notes. Just, just kind of feel inspired to to deliver tonight, just right off the cuff and right out of the word. And, uh, I know we've talked for quite a while here, uh, months about Christian character and what that's supposed to behold and how we're supposed to model that and, and adapt that to ourselves and in adapting I'm talking about applying it not cosmetically not outwardly but inwardly inwardly we've talked about a lot of things we've covered a lot of topics a tremendous amount of information over this period of time it's all been biblical scriptural ref reference it's not made up it's etched in the glory of heaven everything we've talked about as to what God calls his people to be and what he expects them to be and what we must be what the necessity that we be in order that we can effectively witness and carry forth the gospel of Jesus Christ to this sinful lost wicked and dying world and then of course to help us in our walks that we be better that we improve and I've talked about this a lot that we improve uh, we succeed for God I know people are so balled up in self-succession and, and succeeding for themselves and that's all they focus on but folks our first priority is succeeding for the Lord Amen. and when we give it all to God and we submit all to him we pour our heart out to him, everything we are, and say, here I am, God, take me and use me for what you want me to do, what you want me to be, that your purpose be fulfilled in me, and install in me these godly principles and character elements that I need in order to represent you the way I need to represent you. And that's what this has been about. Might have been enduring at times. I know it was repetitious at times. I know I've said things multiple times that I'd said before. <clears throat> Again, we can never be reminded enough what the Word of God has to say to us. We, we, we can't get bored with the Word of God, right? Amen. Just inspired tonight just to, just to dive into a topic that we've not yet discussed in a <clears throat> preach format preach teach all these other things we talked last week I believe it was putting everything we had learned basically into a capsule because it all went together and fit and how it's to be applied well there's something other than that that we we have to understand and we have to know and we have to absolutely realize that there's something else that's huge that has to be the catalyst and the the uh, empowering and the energizing force that's behind everything we've talked about. And it's something that's not really noticed that much as having power. It, it seems to be, what I'm going to talk about tonight seems to be, in many people's minds, may, maybe nothing more than a word or something that got them saved and that's it. something that sounds you know calming or comforting and indeed it is if we take it the right way Paul wrestled with a 
infirmity that he had. Nobody knows what that was. There's been speculation. People have injected their opinions into what was it Paul was dealing with. The Bible doesn't tell us for a reason. I think because it can be anything. He said, I prayed thrice, three times, or more. Thrice literally means a number of times, biblically. Lord, I've sought you out for this. It's bothered me. Maybe I've pained with it. Paul wasn't one to complain about pain very much. I've endured it for a while. It's been with me everywhere I've gone. And we know what God's reply was, don't we? Paul, my grace is sufficient for your every need. And that's what I want to talk about tonight is grace. Without grace, we have nothing. Where does grace come from? Do we manufacture it? We don't get it out of a box. And I'm saying these things tonight because I think God wants us to know where grace comes from. The church world has grown calloused to a lot of things that they need not be calloused of. Grace is one of those things. I know you hear it all the time. You hear it sung in song all the time. People talk about it all the time. But we need to know what it means when we hear the word grace. We know that grace saves us, right? By grace are you saved through faith? That being of who? Of God. Not by our own works, not by our own self. Lest somebody gets boastful, lest any man should boast. We know that's scriptural out of Ephesians. But what else is grace? We know grace comes from God. Grace can not come from anywhere else other than God. This world doesn't have grace. Oh, it might cause some things it does grace, but I'm going to tell you what. Grace only comes from God, true grace. And God has given the individual believer grace. Every one of us. He's given the church grace. Grace is mentioned in this word 171 times, 124 in the New Testament alone. Paul responsible for two-thirds of the terms used. And I believe because he knew what the grace of God was and he, he continually spoke of it. Multiple verses. Peter spoke of it. Others. We're saved by grace. Salvation. God sent grace through the form of His Son, Jesus, through the form of a cross. He sent grace to earth, we can say. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
And thanks be to God, I've received the grace from the Almighty. Amen. By the blood of Jesus and that death and that burial and that resurrection. And you have too. But what do we receive when we hear grace? One time deal. Grace saved me, so that's good enough. I'm done. I'm on my way to heaven. I had a moment experience and well, grace done a major work. Well, yeah, grace done a major work. If it sent your soul uh, from going to hell and sent it to heaven, yeah, that's pretty major work. But what else does grace hold? If we think about grace, what is it? If it comes from God, He saved us by grace, and He gave us grace, how did He give me grace? Love. How do we know that he gave us? Why didn't he just retain that grace? Okay, it's only for salvation alone, and you don't go any further than that with grace. That's not what God said. I've said this multiple, multiple times in all the years I've been here. Grace is not a noun. Grace is a verb. It's a word of action. It's a word, matter of fact, it's a word that contains a lot of meaning. A tremendous amount of spectacular grace goes in every direction. Meaning much more than many people want to even consider that it means. The Greek term that it was written in in the New Testament is koris. And it literally means unmerited favor. Undeserved favor. Didn't deserve it. God gave it in. Why did God give us grace? Why did God give us something we didn't deserve? Love. Because God loves. But he didn't just give us grace to have a one-time experience. He gave us grace by which to function with all the elements we've been discussing up to this point, and there's more, we could break down those basics into multiple others just off of each one that we've talked about. That's how grace works. It has no limits. It's an expanding power. It's an expanding force. And it's meant to be that way. God gave us grace that that grace could expand and extend and multiply and remunerate and reciprocate and a lot of other mathematical terms in who us us so what is grace if it's unmerited favor what is it really if God gave us such a marvelous thing and I'm going to classify it as supernatural because it is grace is supernatural if it's given by God it's supernatural right Amen. have you been given anything but God Amen. have you been given grace do you know you've been given grace Amen. by God are you saved tonight Amen. are you loose from sin are you set free Amen. from a stronghold Amen. of the devil give God a praise tonight you're walking and living in grace grace can be a lot of things when applied and I'm talking about God grace. 
because God give us grace that we can allow that grace to flow from us. Every one of us. We could say grace is contagious because it's supernatural, it's spiritual, and God chose to bring the grace, His grace, through His Son to us to administer it to us that we could administer that grace to others. Wow. But broadening, broadening it out, what is it? What do we do with it? Bail in. What do we do with it? What do we do with grace? How do we see grace? Through actions, what 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 what's in action though? Forgiveness, mercy, compassion. Forgiveness, mercy, compassion is that? Actually that that's a defining element of grace is compassion, mercy. Was God not compassionate? Was God not merciful? See, we we've got to understand, yes, God gave grace, and yes, it's awesome and it's supernatural, and really it's really beyond description, but we've got to understand that God gave us grace by which we are the dispersers and the distributors of through what we do. That's where Christian character comes in. Grace is the the exponential power that brings about grace at work in, by, and through us. And I don't see it any other way. I said exponential power, and you've heard me use that term before. It's talking about greatly multiplied. The more, the more we allow grace to flow, the more it flows. And it, it's not coming, don't get me wrong, it's not coming from us. It's coming from God through us. And grace is what people need. That's what they need to see. Because within grace, there's so many other things. There is love. There is mercy. There is compassion. There is generosity. There is favor. There is godly presence. Matter of fact, one definition of grace is presence of God. So if we've got grace, what do we got? Presence of God. What do we do with it? Show you scripture in Second Peter. You can turn there. <laughs> So asking, what did we do with grace? I'm going to show you what Peter said. It's very interesting the way he termed this. I'll give it to you in just a second. He could have used a lot of terms. He could have used a lot of words, different words. But he said this. I actually preached on this back back in the spring, uh, at least a long passage of scripture here in the third chapter of Second Peter. It's actually talking about maturity of the Christian in the day of the Lord. What day are we living in? Close to the day of the Lord. We've been all over preparation for the longest. Anybody remember? Amen. We're still preparing, right? 
maturity. We're talking about spiritual growth, spiritual maturity, spiritual advancement, spiritual improvement. This is what takes us forward. This is what takes us near to God, right? Amen. One verse. Verse 18. But grow in grace. How do you grow in grace if it's a one-time experience and you just leave it there? Many people believe that. That's where it's at. That's where it stops. That's where it lies. Salvation, you got grace. That's the end of it. Well, according to Peter's writing here, the Holy Spirit through Peter, how do you grow in grace if that's the case? What's growing mean? How do we grow in grace? What's the only way we can grow in grace? Whose word? God's word. How do we grow in God's word? What, how does that make us grow? How do we grow in grace by reading God's word? Studying God's word. Receiving the knowledge and wisdom. Receiving the knowledge and wisdom. That's good. Knowledge and wisdom. Growth in grace. Grace does not lie alone. It contains many, many spiritual factors. Many supernatural elements. God gave the grace when he gave the grace. He gave the supernatural of heaven in the midst of the grace. How else? How do we grow? Getting the word down in your heart. In your heart. Not just in your head, not just in your mouth, but in your heart. That's a difference, right? Mm -hmm. So what? Go ahead. When you get, I pray all the time that God prunes me. Get rid of the prunes. bad I like that word. Prunes what? Prunes my heart. All the bad stuff in my heart. And when you take something out of it, there's going to be a void. You need to fill it back with God's word, and that's how you grow. Absolutely necessary. I like the word prune because it took me back to the grapevine. What did they do to the grapevines? What do you have to do to a grapevine? You've got to get that old, nasty, rotten growth off before new growth can ever take place and produce fruit. Boy, it's amazing some things that pop out in these just words that come out. Awesome. Absolutely. Grow in grace. He said, grow in grace. How else do we grow in grace? Does grow not mean expand? Improve? Multiply? Okay, I just want, let's, let's get on the, on the wavelength here because we, we're getting somewhere. Go ahead. Can you see a hand? Go ahead. Uh, you got to display it you've got to share it, use it, the more that you share or exercise it, the more it grows. Same thing with Share it, exercise it. How about exemplify? Can I say that word? <laughs> Y'all catch what I said? What did I say? Exemplify. Exemplify. <laughs> I just threw that extra L in there. Exemplify, we're representing but if we exemplify, we're doing real well, right? <laughs> yeah. Growth. Grow in grace. Grow in unmerited favor. Grow in the presence of God. Grow in generosity. Grow in charity. Grow, grow in prayer. There's so many things that grace contains, and I've said that multiple times tonight. 
Set it right there afterwards. In the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. And that was Peter's last letter as he finished it. I caught that because I read through his first first Peter's first letter, second Peter's second letter, and then right at the end, the last address that he made, this was it. This is what he said, last thing. Wonder why it's closed with that. where there's no growth there becomes a stagnancy where there's no growth production ceases there's no dis dispersion there's no distribution Holy Spirit knew of course because he inspired Peter to write it along with that I believe Peter understood too Peter was like Paul. Peter faced some hardships as well. You don't see the extensive writing of Peter as you did Paul. But Peter faced jail as well. He faced persecution as well. He had hard times. He said, grow in grace. It was a closing statement. What a statement to the church of today, huh? Grow in grace. Not in worldly elements. Not grow in everything you can reach, grab, blab, and claim, and get. <coughs> grow in grace. The interesting thing about the word grow here is not that one fattens or becomes obese, just the the other term, or one of the other terms for grace is benefit. Benefit. What's a benefit? Actually, the benefit is talking about from the one who gives to the beholder. But there's a a stream going back and forth because the, the beholder or the obtainer or the recipient receives the benefit because the one that's giving it wants to benefit the receiver. Does that make sense? So what benefits do we have that grace brings us? Is it wonderful to have peace of mind? Amen. Is it wonderful? You know, grace, oh my goodness, I wish I could just, it's flowing so fast, it's, it's running by me. Grace is so huge and it contains so many things. Our, our, let me say, our world is full of anxiety. People are bogged down. They're just such anxiety that they're wore out. They cannot even function because they're so wore out. Grace, the grace of God contains a wonderful ability to bring peace. Now this is one example. Within grace there's joy. Within grace there's power. Within grace there's the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Why did Jesus say, I'm going to send you a comforter? Because <coughs> of grace. We didn't deserve the Holy Spirit either. But God sent him anyway to do what? Empower the church. Empower the believer by the grace of God. Jesus could have went off and said, one of these days I'll be back. But he said, no, I'm going to send you another comforter. He's going to be not me, but like me. Comforter contains, it's like grace. Comforter contains so many identifying factors really beyond what we can even begin to talk about. He's not just a, 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 a back patter. And some take it, well, it's just to sympathize with me. But no, the Holy Spirit is a comforter brought by grace, the grace of God to the church, that we take him up and we allow him to do what God sent him to do, to minister in our lives by, with grace, incorporating grace with the Holy Spirit. Now, all of these elements that we've talked about to this point for these past few months, is, they all lie right in the middle of grace and administered in the midst of grace. That's why Christian character is so important and necessary. Because all of that working with the operation of the Holy Spirit in the midst of the grace of the power of God, things begin to happen. I'm going to tell you, things begin to shake. In individual lives and in the corporate gatherings. And I believe, I can identify, and I'm going to say we have seen results since we started this. Anybody agree? Amen. Or disagree? Amen. Go over to Jude for just a minute. About four revelations. Right after third John, right before Revelations. I've mentioned that grace be not of seeking worldly things or going worldly ways or erring with the wickedness and the sin and the evil of the world and getting all caught up in that because that does nothing but take us away from grace. Jude said this in the 20th verse of his writing in this small one-chapter book. He said, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Building up yourselves. Growth. Building up yourselves how? What's it say? What's your Bible say? Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. That, that's, that's huge. What's in the midst of that? Grace. It has to be because if you... God sent the grace, and if grace is not your atmosphere, you could never pray effectively because you're never going to touch God without grace because he's the one sent grace in the first place that we could pray to him through Jesus that he sent by grace. In this 
package this important exclamatory absolute I believe powerful statement that Jude made here is giving us direction by that which we've been given utilize that all these things that come by grace put it to work can you imagine I'm, this, this is industrious right here by the way this is getting down to business what he's talking about building up yourselves in your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit back to that fervent prayer again fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much wonderful grace I could go on with like I said it, it's, it's recorded in the word numerous numerous times goes back to realizing what we've got what we've been given and what we do with it the various things we've discussed the various things we've talked about even the comments made here by many throughout this series that we've done all apply to the the grace that I'm talking about tonight to the combining the adding to the grace that God gave us in the first place and adding all these other things to it that it be more effectual that, that it do what God purposes it to do because again grace is action grace is a force grace is an energy brought by God given by God by which us to work again through us by us in us grace has got to work in us before it can ever work through us right these writers you ever think about these writers Paul, Peter, Jude you ever, you ever kind of just think and wonder about them the ones who were so faithful in delivering us the word of God that we've got today have you ever just considered and I've related something what they went through what Paul do after God told him my grace is sufficient what did he do? Huh? Continued on. Continued on. It wasn't just a statement. It was a promise. Paul, my grace is sufficient. Now that might sound like, well, it's just barely enough. That's not what that means. God's grace is not just barely enough. God's grace is plenty enough. Amen. More than enough. And I know sometimes, like Paul, you know, he fought this thing, he wrestled with it, it tormented him, it bothered him. I don't, nobody knows what it was. I've already said that. And sometimes things like that happen in our life. Sometimes we endure. Sometimes we're bothered. Sometimes we even pain. Sometimes there's But the same answer applies to us. My grace is sufficient. 
for your every need. It's what we do with grace that matters. It's what we do with grace that makes the difference. It's how we see grace. Let me say that first. It's how we see grace. If we see it as just, well, some little something that God sent along, if we see it for what it is, grace empowers us. Fellowship's in grace. I think I stopped a while ago. We were in the midst of this. What can you think of that has not been said tonight that is in the midst of grace? Yeah. I think, uh, and, and this is just, especially nowadays, inside God's grace, I think a major part of it is patience. <clears throat> patience. Yes, sir. Very good. You know, I think we can see that in Paul. He went on and he never did the same thing else about it, did he? That's what I'd call patience. That's good. Anybody else? Blessings. All of our blessings. Blessings. Come by grace. Right there. I just mentioned a scripture here, I think, Sunday. Come boldly to the throne of what? Grace. Grace. That you may find what? Mercy. And find what? Help. When? In time of need. The throne of grace. It says it right there. That's God. We have access to the author, the creator, and the provider of grace. To approach his throne with a spiritual boldness, not a pride and not an arrogancy, but a spiritual boldness before him that amazing grace and talk to him personally. Anybody else? What else lies in grace? Brother Kenny. You said flowing earlier. You know, we got to keep grace flowing. You know, flowing grace can create freedom. Freedom is such a huge deal in Christian life. I mean, there's all kinds of you can be set free from. It. So, flowing grace creates the freedom we need in our lives. It's actually another definition of grace. It's freedom and liberation. Talk about that. We've got a few minutes left. What about freedom and liberation? What about grace bringing us freedom and liberation? <clears throat> Do you feel free? Yeah. When I say feel, I'm not talking about. I guess, do you know you're free? Do you know you've been li What have you been liberated from? How about hell? Amen. Yes. The handcuffs were on you. Satan's handcuffs were on you before you met Jesus. You weren't free. And Lord help these people out here that are strapped down and shackled by the chains of Satan. I'm telling you, be praying for them, folks. I know I get aggravated at them. I mean, I do. At the, at the wicked evil, I, we got to pray for them. We need to pray a conviction of the Holy Ghost on this earth that the grace of God would be such a convicting force and folks 
The world's not going to pray this. It's the church. The Christians that have to pray for people to receive the grace that we've received. Again, the, the, the force, the energy of grace is immeasurable. It, it's, it's in action, but it's us that has to put it in action. Flow with it. Let it flow to us, through us, and out of us. Anyone else tonight? Pastor, I think it has to do a lot with a, a close intimacy with you and God. That's another one. You just nailed another one. Intimate relationship. Yeah, I really feel, especially since we've been going through this as long as we have for the past few months, I have noticed a change in myself uh, spiritually um, with patience and being slow to anger and showing more compassion with the customers I deal with, uh, my coworkers, the people I deal with in this church and other churches when I interact with them. It, uh, but where I feel it the most is when I'm in my prayer time. Now I'm going to do something right here. Did y'all hear this? You see that in me too? Why'd I do that? Because in grace there is a willingness to ask somebody else, how am I doing? How am I doing spiritually? How's my character? How am I representing the grace of God? Thank you. I'm glad you said that. What about the rest of you? Three minutes left. See any difference? Go ahead. Um, and strength. Strength? Strength to do battle and fill the gap. So. Force, it's a power. Strength and grace. It does enable, enables us. I'll say with the fight. Grace doesn't sound like it contains fight, but grace contains fight. Who are we fighting here? We're fighting an enemy. Grace is right in the middle of all that. Okay. Do you have something? What? Yeah, kind of, if I can go back to the grow in grace scripture, uh, he didn't tell them to grow in your perfections. That's right. You're not, you're not perfect people. Grace covers all that so that they still have the ability to grow in God and draw closer to God. That, that to me is kind of what I was thinking when I was reading those scriptures. He didn't say grow in your perfection, but <coughs> grace. You're not perfect. Allow That's God good. to bless you. Allow God's grace to cover you, and let's go forward with God. Yeah. If you grow in grace, then you're, yes. he'll take you where, well, he'll just take you. I start saying he'll take you where, he'll just take he'll you. He'll forgive you. He'll clean up the mess you got. You're dragging along behind you. He'll take you forward and use you. And that's grace at work. Growing in the grace. Good. Good. We're fighting the devil, but we're also fighting ourselves. Come on, bring it on. And that's, that's Can y'all hear him? That's a, a maturity process. So grace is, aids us in the maturity process of just growing up, being mature Christians, mature people, uh, good men, good women, good husbands, uh, good fathers, uh, across the board. It's a, those are areas we have to grow up, but we can't do that without grace. That's right. you got to have it. got to have it. got to have it. You can't do anything without grace. Why God gave, yeah, Jenna. As we grow in grace, we grow in love. Not 
Okay. Worldly yeah. love, but agape love. Mm -hmm. God's mm -hmm. love. Good. That's what it is. God's love is exactly that. And that takes a lot of work, but we grow grace. Okay. Oh, well. Let me say one more thing. Grace gives you the ability to navigate through adversity. Sometimes that's by keeping your mouth entirely shut. Let the Lord work. If you're saved, Jesus Christ is in your life, and you've got that grace, that amazing grace, let the Lord work. y'all I appreciate your comments your help uh, I feel like we've come a long ways and uh, of course like Waylon said we're, we're not perfect we'll never be perfect but let's be working the direction just let grace flow and work in us and and, and be graceful to, you know another let me say real quick uh, gracious graceful come from grace what's a graceful person they handle themselves well in all instances uh, so the root word extends to a lot of other things. All right. Okay, let's rise and we'll dismiss. Thank you again for your comments and such. Appreciate the prayers tonight too. I, I really sensed uh, a lot of power in those individual prayers we prayed as well as others. But uh, we're going to close with a prayer. And let's continue just to pray for everybody in the church, folks. I, I urge you just, you know, when you say your prayers, we all need it. We all need each other. We all need each other's prayers. We all need each other's support. And that's all a part of this, too. That's grace at work. So, Lord bless you. And uh, Jennifer, I ask you if you would dismiss us tonight. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you, Lord. We give you all the glory and honor, Lord. We just pray that you just. Be with us throughout our week, Lord. Bring us back here safely on Sunday. Lord, we pray that you just pour out your blessings on us, Lord, and just we thank you for your grace, Lord. We pray that we take it with us and it shines out of us, Lord. Be with us and guide and direct us, Lord, in your path, Lord. Be with us in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Lord bless you. Dismiss.